0: What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcasting resource dedicated to telling these stories and sharing the experiences of a sports information and athletic communications profession. On a personal note, I just want to kind of start off that way. My job search has uh, officially come to a close. I will be staying here at the University of Southern Indiana in Evansville as our graduate assistant. So if you didn't already know I'm a senior in college, you know, sometimes when I hop on with guests and they ask me uh, how long I've been doing this, if I'm an intern, if I'm a grad student, no, I'm an undergrad. Um, I, I just work in the office as hard as I possibly can. Um, as Well, as of lately, it's it's getting kind of rough uh, it being the near the end of senior year, which uh, which that does mean that I did start this as a junior in college when I started this. Show. So, so it's kind of hard to believe that here in just a few short months, we'll be celebrating year number two. Uh, of SID cast, which is absolutely nuts. I have no idea what I'm going to do for that. But, uh, and the, for those of you who are wondering or asking, uh, yes, I'll be at CoSIDA this year in Washington. Uh, and no, I won't be presenting on anything podcast related. So you will see me there. We can hang out, uh, come say hi, chat, have a drink, whatever you want. Uh, let's just have some fun. Um, my uncle's getting married, ironically, the same weekend. So my whole family's going to DC and, uh, which is kind of nice, um, they actually told me that they wouldn't judge me how late I came home. So we'll 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 test that. <laughs> but um, anyway, some housekeeping stuff I need to take care of. And if I sound funny, it's because I, this weather is screwing with my allergies and I hate it. I can't do anything about it. But uh, if you haven't already subscribed to the show, if you're new or returning, and be sure to leave a ring or review wherever you get your podcast, you can follow us anytime at Sports InfoCast on Twitter and Facebook. You can email me anytime, sportsinfocast at gmail.com. Next week we will have Nicole Watkins of the Chicago Maroons on the pod. She was a person that I kind of targeted to kind of have on the show um, when she was at Purdue Northwest. And what I like to do usually is when somebody moves to a new job, I mean, I have several people on mind, but if you just got to a new job, I'm going to give you a couple months or so to kind of adjust to your new life uh, before we can talk. Um just kind of a personal thing of mine because I, I know that if somebody asked to interview me while I was in the middle of moving and trying to get everything situated, uh, that would be a no for me. So, but uh, now on to today's guest, Danny Day. He's a guy that I emailed a, quite a while ago and was never able to line up schedules until just recently. Uh, we'll go some th- through some things that I thought were interesting when it came up to being a former student athlete. He played soccer in college at University of Redlands. Um, and we'll talk about how being a student athlete kind of that experience has helped him as far as how he covers student-athletes now. Uh, we'll also go through his journey of working with Pac-12 Media Days and uh, all the way to where he is now at Corbin. I had fun with it. I hope that you guys will in Episode 72 of SIDCast with Danny Day of the Corbin Warriors. And we'll start off this first t- with his first taste sorry, of sports information right here on SIDCast.
1: Okay, my very first taste in sports formation. Yeah, gosh, so I was an undergraduate student at the University of Redlands in Southern California. I, I was a soccer player there for four years, um, and so I didn't work during my freshman year fall, but then I wanted to get some work experience in the spring, um, so I applied for a bunch of different jobs, and, and I landed as a sports formation student assistant by uh, spring of my freshman year. And... So the first thing I got thrown into, I, I think I went to maybe some basketball games, but I think my, my first real memory was going to a softball game in late January, and they put me on the PA, and I really had, didn't know what I was doing, and so they put me on there, and um, I think I, I, I had I mixed up the two lineups, so we were announcing the starting lineups, and I announced the visitors for the home and the home for the visitors,
0: and <laughs> it
1: was uh, it was quite the experience, and then I was you know a lot of wrong pronunciations of. Of varying teams, but so that was kind of my first experience in the sports information realm. um, Was yeah, my freshman freshman year spring, uh, kind of get get my feet wet, I guess.
0: What what was was there anything important that you might have thought of? Because I mean, like, I I meet a lot of students here on campus, and they just don't want to do anything. And like you said, you were a freshman, you're like, I got to get some work experience. So what kind of prompted you to think that?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I knew that I want. I've always loved sports I mean, I, as a student-athlete myself and then um, always just grew up watching, you know, for instance, the Seattle Mariners was kind of the closest MLB team to me where, where I live, grew up in Portland, Oregon, and so I always grew up watching the Ken Griffey Jr., Alex Rodriguez, Edgar Martinez Mariners, and so I would always, I grew up, you know, kind of almost broadcasting and trying to mimic the the great Dave Niehaus broadcaster there or mimicking Rick Riz and uh, some of their calls and watching when Ken Griffey would hit a home run, and, uh, and so I grew up watching sports and just loving sports, and and so I knew that when I got into, I knew that I wanted to get into the sports industry in some form or fashion, and I didn't, at that point in, in college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew I loved sports, so I figured there were a couple of sports jobs that were open, There were I applied for a job in alumni relations, I think, maybe one uh, administrative assistant somewhere else on campus, but uh, the sports formation one was the one where I got hired in and gave me the opportunity and um I just loved it. And so whether it was getting experience on you know doing pa stuff at different athletic events or you know doing stats or doing writing, whatever it was, kind of getting my feet wet and a little bit of everything right away was I learned it was I enjoyed it and it was a lot of fun for me.
0: you uh, like you kind of mentioned you're from Portland, Oregon. Uh, what kind of drew you to the University of the Redlands?
1: Yes, the university, the University of Redlands, um, in Southern California. It's about an hour east of Los Angeles, and uh, so the soccer piece definitely drew me down there. I think initially, uh, I was being recruited to play soccer there, and so that brought me down there on a recruiting visit. And then when I visited the campus, I just fell in love with the campus. Fell, um, just loved the weather down there. You know, it, pretty much throughout the year, you're going to have good weather. Um, so that was a big bonus as coming from the northwest where it's usually quite a bit rainier yeah. especially as an athlete it's nice to be able to go and just play in the good weather so that drew me down there um really good facilities um that meeting the coach and the team i think was a big draw and going to some classes and uh, small class size is a, it's a smaller school of about um, two to three thousand students so it's a smaller school so i like the small class size and being able to uh really get to know the, the faculty and the teachers and, and being really involved on campus i think those were big draws to me and maybe i mean it was far away from home but it was still on the west coast so it wasn't so far that i couldn't get home easily too
0: awesome um how did you balance when you started working with the sports information office uh along with being an athlete
1: yeah so it was certainly it it had its challenges um i think for me uh, i had to figure out it forced me to prioritize my time and i was always a pretty good student um in the classroom so it forced me to really make sure I was getting organized and each looking at each week or, or month but each week, you know, and then figuring out, okay, you know, what with the what the classroom things, you know, what do I need to take care of with classes, you know, homework, things like that. And then and then from there, you know, taking care of my athletic needs, whether it's practice, games, film room, whatever that was. And then, from then on top of that, then I would try to basically fit in any kind of sports formation stuff that I could because I wanted to, you know, make some money and uh, to be able to pay for wh- whatever it was that I needed at that point. Um, so it was something where I tried to work as much as I could to then make money, but then also getting good experience because I enjoyed the work,
0: so... Yeah, you also kind of mentioned all those jobs just to kind of get the experience out. I know that I read in your bio that you worked with the Inland uh, 66ers, and then you also worked for a, a, a magazine covering Washington State, including Clay Thompson. So uh, what were those kind of things like? How did you get involved with those sorts of jobs? Uh, can you spare no detail as far as that's concerned?
1: Sure. Yeah, so I – let's see here. So my – I'm trying to think my sophomore year – it was my sophomore or junior year? I started working for uh, the Kook Zone, which was the uh, online magazine dedicated to Washington State University athletics. Um, so that was the summer between my sophomore and my junior year, I believe. And I started basically just writing stories. And I had a connection uh, through a family friend back in uh, in the Portland area, and he was the editor for that online magazine. And so, uh, you know, I told him I was, you know, already working in sports at the University of Redlands. So You know, he just basically asked me, would you be interested in writing some feature stories? So I said, sure. Uh, I didn't really know what it was going to entail, uh, but it it was something that was uh, a lot of fun. Sorry, my phone just... um, I need to get
0: my phone
1: phone plugged in here. It's about to die.
0: You're good. Uh,
1: Yeah, so I started writing... At that point, I started writing... Uh, doing a lot of different feature stories, whether I, one of the original ones I did was with Clay Thompson, which this was kind of before he really made it big, you know, he was a, it was, he, he was going into his senior year, I believe. Um, he'd already had a pretty successful career thus far at Washington state, but um, he was going into his senior year and there was a lot of hype around that team at the time. And, um, and he was obviously kind of the star, but he still, you know, he wasn't like a national star at that point, but it was cool to get to talk to him and, Um, Just hear about his work ethic, hear hear about what makes him tick and what helps make him successful as a student athlete. Um, So it was kind of cool because I could apply the same concepts to even to me as a student athlete at the time. Um, Yeah, so I started doing that, writing, I I think I wrote a feature story on pretty much every team that first year and then through the second year um, of that kind of experience. I did that for a couple of years. Just kind of getting the feel for an experience for writing, what feature story writing was like. One of the cool experiences I got through that was having the opportunity to go down to Pac-12 Media Day in Southern California at at, the Fox Studios in Los Angeles. Um, I was covering Washington State uh, football, Uh, so I got to go down and uh, be a part of the interview process there. When they had them, they would bring each of the head coaches up on stage. You know, the media would ask them questions. I got to be a part of that. And I got to do some one-on-one interviews with the head coach at the time and the uh, wide receiver and quarterback. So that was pretty cool, um, having that opportunity uh, to really kind of get my feet wet on the interview side of things and have the opportunity to meet with some some big-time big time people uh, and being around just that kind of atmosphere uh, at the Fox Sports Studios was pretty cool.
0: Uh, uh I- so, uh, like you kind of mentioned, you talked with Clay Thompson a little bit. Kind of took what he suggested about being a student athlete. What were some of those things that you kind of took away?
1: Yeah, I try to remember exactly, but um, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things he he stressed was um, just enjoying the time that you have as a student athlete. Because um, he's, you know, as he was going into his senior year, he said it was, you know, it's already gone by, you know, in the snap of the fingers. Uh, so, enjoying your time as a student athlete, but then also, um, you know, if you are gonna, if you want to try to advance to that next level, really pursuing excellence, it means you, you need to put in the hours and the hard work. And if you are gonna be dedicated to what you're gonna do, that you need to make sure that you're gonna be committed to doing that. And so, um, for student athletes, you know, all across the country, whether it's, you know, you're Division One level, whether you're uh, NCAA Division One, two, three, II, III, NEI, Community College, whatever it is, um, you need to be able to stay committed to what you're doing, whether that's, again, really that's in, in life in general. I mean, as a student athlete, I think it's a good principle, but then that's going to apply to you in the workforce as well after that, and so that was kind of some of the things that he stressed.
0: Uh, let's move on to kind of when you graduated from University of Redlands. Uh, were you looking for a sports information job or, or what was your kind of mindset like at that time? Yeah,
1: so I graduated from as an undergrad from the University of Redlands uh, in 2012. And I, but during that spring leading up to uh, graduation, um, I was basically offered a graduate assistant job. Uh, in sports formation at, at the University of Redlands. So the SID who I worked for as a student, uh, that I think January or February, she offered me the job uh, to be the graduate assistant starting that coming August. Um, so I thought about it, and at the time uh, I was happened to be dating a girl at the University of Redlands, and you know we weren't sure necessarily at the time if we were gonna continue to be dating um, after I, you know, because I was set to leave Redlands and I didn't know where I was going, so. So for one, it gave me the opportunity to pursue getting my master's degree for free um, while also, you know, with some other just benefits as well. Um, but then, you know, you also get great work experience as a graduate assistant. So so that was a big opportunity for me that I felt that I didn't want to pass up on the work side of things. And then also it, it, was, it was great because I was dating this girl and we continue to date and she's now my wife. Um, <laughs> and we have a, a young daughter who's eight months old. So it's, I think it was something for me um, that... And the Lord was definitely leading me on my career path, but then also my personal path that um, led me to stay there. And that was exactly um, where he wanted me to be at that point in my life. So I, yes, yeah, so I accepted the graduate assistant role and um, I, I didn't necessarily know if I wanted to be in sports formation full time at that point. I just knew that I wanted, I was like, you know, it's, it's too good of an opportunity to pass up to get my master's degree paid for and get great work experience. So at that point in time, I was just ready to, ready to take on that challenge.
0: Uh, so after you were done with that, kind of phrasing the same question for you, but in the sense that you worked with the ESPN affiliate up in Portland, is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. So and that was and that was during my undergraduate career. Yes, yeah. so I worked with wow. uh, ESPN. Um, yeah, the summer before my one of the summers during my college career, um, and I did a lot of different radio uh, updates and things for them, working as on the producer side of things. Um, Helping out with getting radio bids, commercials, uh, and kind of seeing behind the scenes for like the kind of prime time um, show that they had there from, you know, three to seven every day.
0: Perfect. So, um, how about going to Corbin? You know, how'd you hear about the job? How about the interview process? What was life like at that time for you? Yeah, so,
1: so I did two years of graduate school at the University of Redlands while serving as you know essentially the assistant SID um, but you know my title was graduate right uh, yeah. graduate assistant for sports formation and um, so I had a lot of great work experience in sports formation and you know at the time I, I still wasn't necessarily sure if I if this was if I totally wanted to be in the sports formation field but it, it was what I had experience in and and so I was just applying for jobs all across the country um, and was in a number of different interviews. Actually, at the time, I, I so I graduated from, like, got my master's. I think it was on a on a Sunday was a graduation. The next day, we were hosting the uh, the conference golf championships, and while I was out there, I got like three different calls from three different universities that I had been applying to, and, and so they all um, essentially reached out wanting to start the interview process. So, um, so I was like, wow, this is this is exciting. You know, I got a few calls and. Um, so I started that interview process with a few different schools with Corbin being one of those. Um, and Corbin was going for the head SID position. Um, and so I did the phone interview there, um, and then they decided that I was going to be one of the finalists. So, you know, I think a week or two later, I flew up, um, for the on-campus interview. And yeah, and, and so Corbin being in Salem, Oregon is about an hour away from where I grew up in, in the Beaverton, Portland area. Huh. <laughs> and so for a lot of ways, for me, it was kind of a, a homecoming because I had the opportunity to come back closer to family. I, I knew I loved the Northwest, um, loved being up this way. I have a lot of all, all my extended family is up in the Oregon, Washington area. So a lot of sense, it was a homecoming. And it was an opportunity to, I think, just get a um, a great start professionally on, on my career as a an opportunity to be a head SID at the age of... 24 at the time um, was a, was an opportunity that I was really excited about and and Corbin Corbin seemed to be a, a great fit um, for me um, professionally um, on a spiritual level as well as a Christian uh, being a Christian in private institution uh, and then just a lot of the coaches and student athletes that I had the opportunity to meet it seemed like an opportunity that I didn't want to pass up so I so yeah that was June of 2014 I guess I would have and started yeah here at Corbin.
0: Uh, you sat down at your desk on the very first day as head SID after being a GA for, for a while. Uh, what was the first thing you did?
1: First thing I did, well, you know, so we go around and kind of just taking care of all the different, uh, you know, HR things and paperwork and getting all that stuff taken care of on, on campus. And it was, that was kind of the first half of the day. But then when I had a chance to actually sit down in my office in the afternoon, it was okay. <laughs> kind of making a list of, what are, what are things um, that I need to do right away? Okay, what are things? Okay, whether it's the, the athletic website or whether it's with um, stats or meeting with coaches or figuring out okay, here here's my priorities. And I, I already kind of made the list coming in, but really getting it set in stone uh, for the rest of that week and the coming weeks um, and months. As you know, it was a great time to start for me because it, it was June. I had the whole month of June and July to kind of prepare for August when the student athletes were coming back. So I. I always, in some senses, feel feel bad for us. I'd have to start, you know, in the middle of August or September when things are just flying because you just have no time to really sit down and do anything. Um, so I had the opportunity to, to get settled in and really make a list of here's what my priorities are going to be. And one of those priorities was meeting with each of the head coaches um, on a one-on-one and figuring out, you know, where their program was at and what they um, – what they wanted um, in terms of their program moving forward and try, then trying to figure out from there how I could best help their program um, in the, to the best of my ability. So that, I think that was kind of the first thing that I decided that to do. Uh,
0: how did being, how does being an athlete or a former student athlete kind of help translate to how you cover your teams or maybe how you uh, just facilitate those roles with, with your athletic programs?
1: Yeah, I think so being a student athlete, Uh, in college gave me a perspective of, you know, I I really I know what that student-athlete experience uh, can be like, and I had a really good student-athlete experience, a successful playing career, um, individually, but also as a team, so I experienced a lot of fun and success on that side of things, but then also just off the the field, off the court kind of things, where you're able to bond as a team, so I got to see that at the University of London Redlands, uh, you know, at the NCAA Division III level, what, what did that look like? And then from there, um, that kind of gave me a lot of perspective of, okay, I saw things that I liked at Redlands, I thought, saw things maybe we, I could I would do differently. So then coming to Corbin, um, that gave me a mindset of, and then as an SID, I see the SID role really a lot as we are here to, one of our biggest roles is to help create like, a Student athletes view as SIDs, and so having been a former student athlete, I, I know what that experience looks like. So, how can what I do in the SID role help shape and form what the student athletes are able to experience on a day-to-day level at their games uh, through social media, through video interviews, through video highlight things like that? So, figuring out, um, I you know what my experience was like, and then how can I help mimic that, or even make it better and take it to another level for the student athletes at Corbin?
0: And what were some things that maybe when you were a student athlete that you said, "Man, I wish, you know, this was being done." And maybe there were some things. Well, well let's let me backtrack a little bit. What was kind of your wish list uh, uh, for something that you wanted to start doing at Corbin? One
1: of the big things that um, I saw coming in that I'm a, a big believer in the power of video, um, and whether that's video interviews with student athletes or coaches or video highlights, promotional type of videos, behind the scenes kind of videos. And so I knew that that was a big undertaking. We really didn't have any kind of materials in terms of video cameras or anything to to make that happen at that point. That was something that I felt pretty strongly about, that that can really help enhance the student athlete experience. Uh, We had a little bit of that when I was at Redlands, but um, it was still more in the formation um, period. Uh, I guess at that time it wasn't. Um, whereas now, Universal has taken their whole their video to a whole other level as well. Uh, but it, and just at that point uh, in the SID world, it wasn't even as big of a thing. Whereas I think now it's evolved so that <laughs> a lot of our job is uh, video content um, in in one in some form or fashion. So I think that one of the biggest things on my wish list was making a big transformation in the video content and what we were producing and putting out there to the public uh, for Corbin. University Athletics.
0: And did you you start implementing that sort of plan right at Corbin?
1: Yeah, so I started implementing that over the course of um, later that summer once we got different uh, video materials in, and and then starting in the fall when the students came back.
0: How did you kind of prioritize what you wanted to kind of feature, maybe some highlight stuff? I mean, what seemed to be important to you? I mean, what should other SIDs be looking out for when they want to start their own video content?
1: Yeah, I think it's really evolved even in the last four years as to what you're what you're getting and what is going to be the most effective. I think one of the things that you know I said you know we're SIDs we're here to help create a great student athlete experience, but I think we're also here to, you know, in that process we're here to serve our coaches um, and be there to support what the coaches want for their programs. So if we can create something that is um, going to be really beneficial for them in, say, recruiting and giving out to their uh, potential recruits. And that's going to be something that is going to be really important for them. So figuring out what those needs are for the coaches. And so I think, you know, a lot of it started out with, on our side of things, doing, hearing, uh, we did what we call, we call it the Warrior Wednesdays because we're the Corbin Warriors. So we created these uh, weekly Warrior Wednesday uh, video features with our student athletes, getting one from each team over the course of the year and so that was a pretty cool hit and I think that was a great way to start the kind of video side of things but then we evolved into trying to get more and more video highlights um, capturing video highlights uh, at games uh, and, and so then you have to figure out okay how are you going to do that if you're up in the booth taking stats or you know so you to yeah, make sure you yeah. have a good support staff with students student workers or you have a graduate assistant whatever that looks like so I think that evolved and then even more so more and more now we try to start making different promo videos. We started making promotional type of videos for each of our teams the first year. Uh, but I think that's involved even in the way that we do those promo videos. And so this year, um, even just in the way that we distribute those videos, whether it's directly through social media as it used to only be YouTube. Now it's a lot of it's just through social media and getting getting those things to go viral through social media as the student athletes share them, as their parents share them. Um, and I mean, the goal hopefully is that what we're producing in, in my office is and be shared by the coaches, student athletes, and so that um, potential recruits are out there and they're seeing what, what's going on in Corbin University Athletics, and they're going like, man, that's pretty cool. I want to be a part of that. And so then it, it, it brings things you know full circle so that um, what we're doing is going to help ultimately continue to keep Corbin Athletics going in a positive direction on the rise.
0: Say that there's an SID out there that wants to do more of this, maybe his administration or his boss or something like that, saying, man, I'm just not believing it. What kind of a return have you seen that other SIDs can kind of take and say, hey, this actually works? I mean, what have you have you seen in your department?
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's just having, having the ability to have that conversation with whether it's your athletic director or whoever the supervisor is um, over the sports formation director, I think you just got to have that genuine conversation where you you show maybe what other schools in your conference or other schools in in whatever level you're, um, competing at, show them maybe what some of the best, uh, schools are doing, you know, then, and then show them they're having a lot of success with this, with the video content. This is what recruits and student athletes are wanting to see. This is what they want to see them. Student athletes at our school want to see themselves in video, see themselves succeeding on the field, on the court. They want to see those kind of things happening so that, um, then as an SID, you got to tell you know, whoever that person is approving you to get the kind of equipment that you need. Um, you got to be able to sell it to them that this is going to not only just be cool video for our current student-athletes, but it's going to be able to uh, increase enrollment. It's going to be able to get more student-athletes here or better student-athletes here that um, are going to continue to make a difference for our university on the field, on the court, and in the classroom.
0: What's your kind of strategy like with, with a place like, Corbin in Salem, Oregon, uh, where you have to compete with Division II schools. You got to compete with Oregon, Oregon State. I mean, how do you guys kind of try and draw your community to Warrior Games?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So yeah, so Oregon State and Oregon um, are are the two big draws, and they're all they're both within an hour of where we are located. Um, we also have a Willamette University, and say Division III school, just about 10 minutes from our campus. So they're one of our other. Uh, big competitors for news. Uh, we also have Western Oregon University and State Division two school about 20 minutes from our campus. So there's a number of schools right within the general vicinity competing for time on the local TV as well as the local newspapers. So, you know, it's, it's important to differentiate ourselves. And I think you have to have those stories, whether it's a feature story or what, giving people a reason to come and watch um, why are we different, um, whether it's our on-the-field demeanor with our student-athletes um, whether it's the way that you know, we're communicating with uh, video content or website development or whatever people are seeing publicly, um, I think that's really important. That's where the SID role comes in as such an important role. Um, so, but giving people a reason to come and giving them a story to come and watch a specific student athlete or coming to watch and see maybe they really are interested in learning more from this coach. Whether it's behind the scenes sort of things with the coach, getting the opportunities to meet them off the court, off the field. I think those kind of things are important in order to differentiate yourself maybe from the bigger schools that are going to naturally get um, more attention. Um, so and we've done a pretty good job with that, uh, with varying feature, features and national stories over the last few years that have really taken stride.
0: Uh, I want to talk about COSIDA for, for just a minute. Um, yeah. you, you monitor kind of those uh, continuing education webinars. How did you kind of get involved with that sort of thing, and what are some things that kind of pique your interest Uh, as far as kind of educating other SIDs are concerned.
1: Yeah, so um, as a part of this last summer at the COSIDA convention, I was elected to the NAI uh, SIDA Board of Directors. Um, So as a part of that, uh, my role uh, as one of the representatives on there is to serve as uh, the basically the, the liaison uh, for the COSIDA continuing education series. And so COSIDA, COSIDA does that. Um, you know, there's a, just a specific COSIDA one, but then the NAI itself has its own um, specific one as well. So uh, that's actually uh, been something that I've really enjoyed this year and something that I think can be really helpful, not only to NAI SIDs, but it's always open to anyone who wants to tune in. So we've done like, a very good job this year of trying to pull in um, NCA Division One, NEI, uh D3, D2 presenters from across the country, and getting uh, on a variety of topics. Whether we're talking, uh, you know, social media strategies; whether we're talking video content strategies; whether we're talking, how do how do you write uh, a good feature story? How do you? What are the strategies um, in writing a good recap? Um, what kind of things do you need to do for your live streaming? Whatever it is within the SID world. Um, that are maybe the latest topics or trying to just figure out as SIDs how best we can t- tackle issues. I think we wanna to try to provide um, the best information that we can so that people who maybe are newer to the industry or have been in the industry for a long time wanna tune in and see, okay, what are the latest trends and and trying to help convey what those trends are and maybe moving forward how best we can work uh, in our SID offices at each of our schools um, to then Continue to do that moving forward
0: um, in the best way possible. Say that this upcoming convention this summer in DC, somebody's first ever convention. I mean, what do they need to know? How do they need to prepare themselves? Conduct themselves maybe for that for the best convention experience possible.
1: That's a great question. Yeah, I think uh, the Cosada Convention. I I've been two years in a row now. Uh, this will be my third year in a row going, and it's it's an opportunity that I think any SID, if you have the Ability to pitch this to your athletic director, whoever is approving your budget, to, to pay for you to go is such an incredible opportunity for you to learn as a professional um, in, the, in the SID industry. Uh, it's something that uh, when you go, you, you should prepare uh, by taking a look at the schedule as a whole and figuring out, highlighting, going through and circling. These are things that I know I want to get to because there's so many different topics throughout the uh, three or four days of the convention. And you're not going to be able to get to everything, but figuring out what do you want to prioritize, what do you need to get better at as an SID, whether that's Photoshop or whether that's um, taking stats in, in varying sports or whether that's um, learning how to handle uh, varying coaching changes and, and on your website, things like that. There's going to be all those things that are going to be offered, so many different panels. So figure out what you want to go to. And then the other thing is it's such a great opportunity to network. Um, So figuring out, making sure you get to the different social events and having that opportunity to network, I think, is a really important uh, facet uh, at the convention because it allows SIDs who are always, you know, at different games at um, working long hours to then really kind of just have the opportunity to connect those different SIDs from around the country who all go through those same sort of experiences and then having the ability to when you make those connections, um, then down the line, Maybe those provide different job opportunities down the line for you, uh, whether you're a graduate assistant, whether you're an undergrad, or whether you're an SID at any any level of collegiate sports. Um, I think it's so being ready to um, maintain professional atmosphere in those social events, not um, letting yourself get out of hand, making sure that you're staying professional, but then uh, at the same time making sure that uh, you are willing to reach out and, and connect with people who you've never met before.
0: Uh, Last question before we got to move on here. Uh, There was a picture that people gave you props for and other people uh, that kind of pointed out some different things about you doing all these roles at a baseball game. I think it was statistics, scoreboard, lineup, music. Okay, so I want your kind of perspective on it. People gave you props for being able to do that. And again, I wouldn't be able to do that. My brain would melt, you know, within, this, within a couple of seconds. And there are some people that said, sure. like, this should never be able to happen. I mean, we need more help with this sort of thing. So sure. with that kind of going around, what side of the fence are you on with that uh, argument that people were making?
1: Sure. Uh, yeah, no, I, I wasn't even aware that um, that I was the topic of that conversation originally on, on varying social media sites. Uh, but, yeah, I think that, that, that specific situation was kind of the perfect storm where here in the Northwest we have constantly changing schedules um, with multiple events going on at the same time. And it was something where it was kind of the perfect storm where uh, the game had to be played at a certain time when which we had nobody really available.
0: And right, yeah.
1: <laughs> it was something where we had a very slim staff that day that, uh, we had to just make whatever we could work because it was in the middle of classes, early in the day on a on a Friday, and we kind of just had to make it work. And sometimes you're, and I think, as an SID, um, you're going to be put in situations where um, you're going to have to make those kind of things work, where maybe you're either our short-staffed and you can't, we don't always have the the necessary uh, fields that are going to be able to sustain rain, and so you have to be able to adjust and and go with, go with it on the fly, and so. I think having the ability to multitask and, and handle varying things, um, you know, it was something where I made the choice to go on and, and do the broadcast. I didn't have to do the broadcast, but I felt I've been doing, been able to do um, stats and, and PA, um, handling that at different athletic events since I was a student for a long time. So I have a lot of experience doing that. So that was very easy for me. So I felt I was like, you know what, I'm just going to jump on and, and start doing some broadcasting. So uh, for me, it was. It was something that i enjoyed doing it wasn't even really a big deal and it was just something where um we were limited on staff that day and so i needed to step in and do it and it was something that uh i really wasn't too worried about but I, at the same time i do understand where people are coming from on that front where you know you need to make sure that uh we're not just killing ourselves as sids you don't want to have to do everything and i agree with that too um but i think sometimes. <laughs> people didn't understand the context of that specific situation right yeah (laughs) where the perfect storm kind of came in with um, schedules changing and locations changing and really not having the ability to get people there at a certain time and so it was just something that I rolled with it and had fun with it and I think as SIDs we have to have fun with what we do because a lot of times we will we will work long hours um, but you have to be able to uh, roll the punches sometimes and Um, sometimes you're going to get dealt hands you don't necessarily like, but to make the best of the situation and um, again, realize at the end of the day that we're, we get a great opportunity to cover sports and, and and do that uh, at a collegiate level where many people uh, don't have the opportunity to cover sports and and get the front row seat that we get. So I think it's a fun job and that if (laughs) people want to take the negative side of that, that there's too many things at once, then that's fine. But Um, I think sometimes also having perspective on the situation of the ball is important.
0: Awesome. Uh, let's move on to some fun questions, shall we? Sure. All right. So you guys just gave birth to a baby girl. Congratulations, by the way, what are you going to, how are you going to tell her or what are you going to tell her what you do for a living?
1: Yeah. So when she's able to kind of understand that concept, uh, you know, I, I will communicate with her that I get to cover sports for a living and, uh, get to bring her to some games and get to have her be, you know, front row at some varying games during her, during her childhood, I think will be a lot of fun. So I think that she'll, she'll be introduced to sports and we'll see if she likes them or not. She seems to have enjoyed going to some games as with my wife as a, as a baby. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what that looks like, but it's, it's been a fun eight months. A lot of the sleep has certainly not always been there. There's some varying long nights of, of a, you know, crying baby, but sometimes you just have to kind of work through that and then figure out, um, you know, how the best to make up for that sleep at other times.
0: Awesome. Uh, so what's your favorite memory in your professional tenure?
1: My favorite memory? I think one of my favorite memories, uh, there's there's a lot, but I think one of my favorite ones, my first year as the SID here at Corbin, um, our men's soccer team made an uh, amazing run to the conference championship game in soccer, and, uh, won the game on a golden goal in the second overtime. And I was able to be there to capture video of that highlight and and uh, be a part of that celebration and the field rushing and knowing that you're going to the national tournament. And so that was one of my favorite members. There's been a lot of instances like that, but that was a thing, certainly as a head SID, it was the first um, big moment that I had in my SID career. And I, and I was happy because I did a very really good job covering it um, while then also just enjoying the moment as well.
0: What about on the other side of the coin? What's your biggest horror story?
1: Biggest horror story, yeah. Um, uh, this has happened a couple of times, but I remember one time when I was a graduate assistant at the University of Redlands. Um, the you know the computer during the middle of a basketball game, the computer just completely froze on me, and um, you know you're trying to take stats and, and stat crew, and your computer freezes, and you're trying to figure out what to do, so had to kind of shut down and then restart everything. And it took a few minutes to get everything rebooted and back going, but I got back into the game. But it was, a, you know, it took a lot of catch-up writing down stats on manually and then re-putting it back in. So it, it was a it was a little bit of a worrying situation because I was the lead stat inputter for that game as a graduate assistant. Um, but it was something that we were able to handle and, and overcome. But it was definitely scary at the moment.
0: Uh, What's one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession?
1: Uh, You know, I think a piece of advice I would give is just uh, be prepared to uh, work some odd hours, um, but also just uh, have fun along the way and and really try to enjoy uh, every moment uh, that you have because this job is something that not a lot of people get the opportunity to do, so enjoy it.
0: Awesome. Cool. Uh, What makes a good SID? When you kind of look around your conference or division, you look at somebody, you say that, you know, that's a good SID. What are some things that they do that make you say that?
1: Yeah, I think uh, the ability to remain calm is incredibly important Uh, as an SID. You're going to be put in a lot of high pressure situations in which you need to uh, be the person who remains calm, um, whether that's taking stats or on the broadcast or uh, writing a recap or dealing with yelling coaches or referees or student-athletes, whatever that might be. Remaining calm, I think, is a key attribute that any SID should have. And just um, the ability to really um, look ahead and, and plan, I think, is such an important part of the SID world. It's important to take things day by day, but at the same time, having that uh, overarching uh, calendar, I guess, in your head or on literally on paper that's going to show you this is what we need to get done today in order to make sure that we are ready for this a month from now. So um, having having the ability to think to do both.
0: Perfect. Um, what's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession?
1: Sure. Yeah, I think uh, in this profession it seems to be always evolving uh, every year, which has been kind of fun for me to be a part of the NEI CIDA continuing education series for COSIDA. Um, being on the forefront of seeing what a lot of those latest trends in in the industry are. I believe one of the things that I can always continue to work on is uh, getting better in the Photoshop and InDesign and the uh, Adobe Premiere and all those different Adobe programs and figuring out how I can better enhance my own skill set moving forward.
0: Uh, Work-life balance, what do you do to have fun?
1: Yeah, gosh, it, work life balance is incredibly important in this world. And I think that um, for me, and I still am not always the best at this, but I need to, I, I, I enjoy going out and running and, and just staying active or going and playing soccer still in, in varying circumstances. So I think remaining ac- active um, and getting away from the workplace um, is important.
0: Um, let's see. Next time, someone's up in the Salem, Oregon area. What's your restaurant or bar recommendation?
1: Yeah, gosh, there's a good uh, sports bar and grill called Gilgamesh, G-I-L-G, and H. I don't know how it's spelled, but it's a great, uh, it's a it's a great kind of a all American restaurant with um, some some really good food and drink choices there. So I think that would be one I recommend. Uh,
0: and if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, maybe wanted to follow up with you, just had any questions for you, what would be the best way to do it?
1: Yeah, I think just my email is probably great. Um, you can just email me at dday, that's dday, at Corbin,
0: C-O-R-B-A-N.edu. Perfect. Well, Danny, thank you very much for coming on. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Well, guys, there you have it. Next week, as I've mentioned, we'll have Nicole Watkins of Chicago on the pod. So before then, I have a challenge for you guys. I want you guys to go over to to wherever you uh, get your podcast, whether it be iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, whatever. Just leave us a rating and review. Guys, I want to thank you all for listening, and we hope to catch you all in the next episode.